Hello and welcome to the Practical Magic Podcast, a weekly dive into ways in which we can live a calmer, more creative and empowered life on our own terms. I'm Kate Taylor, Creativity and Empowerment Coach, and I'm on a mission to help us live an embodied life full of creative expression through my blended melting pot of goodness I call Practical Magic. This week on the show, I am speaking with award-winning author, brand copywriter, ghost copywriter, writing coach, and motivational speaker, Siobhan Curran. Siobhan has written 25 books and has got a couple coming out really soon, including in February, Something More, A Spiritual Misfits Search for Meaning, which is being published in Feb 2019. This is such a good podcast episode. We're talking about one of my favourite subjects, which is failure, aka there's no such thing, and aka how we can learn to make friends with it. Siobhan has got some amazing tools and a great story as to why failure is such a huge part of her creative process and how she's got to where she's got to today. So do enjoy the show. It's definitely worth a listen. So welcome on to the show, Siobhan Curran. Thank you. I'm glad I said your name right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well done. Well done, thank yeah. you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I feel very that proud of myself. That you in the 1% of the population. <laughs> actually get it right. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on to the Practical Magic Podcast. It's really nice to have you on. So I met you at Inspiring Talks Brighton a few months ago. Yes, yeah. We were both speakers on the stage. Yeah. And we had an immediate bond over Koya. Yes. And obviously the cards as well but I just loved your talk oh, so thank you. it's such an honor for me to have you here so I wonder if you could just give a brief introduction to the Practical Magic listeners and a bit of a background as to why you do what you do Siobhan. Yeah sure okay well um, I suppose well I'm the author of 25 books I just added them up recently <laughs> I, I know, quite believe amazing. it yeah and um, I think it, it all kind of began because my evil parents um, had this crazy notion that television was bad for a child's imagination so they got rid of our tv when i was very young and this was in the days obviously before the internet or laptops or anything else like that so so i either learned to love reading or or died of boredom basically yeah <laughs> there's nothing else to do you had to live yeah. in your imagination exactly or... exactly <laughs> and i to be honest with you i hated them at, at mo- not all the time but you know there were moments definitely where you know because obviously the other kids at school would be talking about what they've seen on telly yeah. the night before and knowing what's on and, top of the park yeah and sometimes I tried to blag it because I was so ashamed that we didn't have a TV. Oh, no, and then you. that was just, oh my God, what's that saying? What a tangled web we weave. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, EastEnders. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And then I remember there was one thing, I think it must have been Grange Hill or something, which was really popular at the time. And, and um, someone said, what did you think of blah, blah, blah. And, and I think I said oh it was great and then it turned out someone had died or it was something really bad anyway it's not yeah. something great and then I just thought oh my god I'm gonna get caught out badly here <laughs> but anyway so yeah I, I, I started reading we had loads of books in my house so so I just started I read loads and then when I was about eight I can remember lying in bed one night I remember this so vividly and looking at my bookshelf and thinking because by that point I'd started writing little stories just on you know made up books of, in, on folded up paper and just thinking it'd be so cool to one day have you know books of my own that I've written and um and so yeah it's it's really nice but I think 
the thing for me and and what's really influenced a lot of the work I do because I also work as a coach and a writing coach and um, is is what's really important to me is, is helping other people achieve their dreams because for me it wasn't all plain sailing it wasn't that oh yeah I just decided at eight I was going to be a writer and that was it uh, I grew up on a, a council estate in London and uh, and so so I saw a lot of poverty around me and and certainly at the time you know when I was a teenager the other teens people in my age group didn't you know sort of on that estate didn't really go to uni becoming a writer wasn't really the done thing you know in the, in the kind of you know where where I was growing up but I went off to uni I mean I was really motivated and I, I went off to uni to study English as part of the dream of becoming a writer but um, very quickly I felt really kind of like oh I don't belong here which I, I really regret now and I, I, I don't think it's true but I think what happened was when I got to uni and this is back in the day when only 10% of people went mm. to uni and so those people tended to be from sort of very upper or middle class families and so so yeah I kind of um, I, I, I had a massive loss of confidence and I just felt like oh people like me don't become writers and uh, you know, other people on my course seem to have contacts through their parents in, in the publishing world, or uh, you know, so they'd get work experience in the yeah. summer, and I had no hope of that. I had no zero contacts in that world, and so, so yeah. After two years, I gave up and uh, dropped out of uni because I just kept listening to that voice in my mm. head that was telling me, you know, that voice that we all get. Yeah, I know we all get this at times, um, telling you not good enough or, or whatever. And so that's why a lot of the work I do, a lot of the things I write about, a lot of the themes of my novels are about, you know, just just overcoming the odds and achieving your dream. Because thankfully, I managed to do that, but kind of a lot later than, yeah. than I could have done. Um, because thankfully, I somehow managed to to sort of find the courage to, to pursue that dream. But after a few years of working in really not very great jobs <laughs> yeah um, trying to like suppress it yeah, down and yeah, yeah. pretend it's not there yes exactly exactly and um i think uh, one thing i talk i always talk about in, in my talks is um i ended up working in the, the complaints department for a well-known frozen <laughs> foods company and so uh, while that job did involve writing because it's writing sort of groveling apology yes. letters i bet you were creative with those oh you? my god well <laughs> Yeah. But, you know, I just had this moment once I was, you know, writing something like, oh, oh, that was it. Yeah, one, mo okay, one Monday I went into work. It'd been quite a, you know, busy weekend, out a lot, a bit hungover. Go and start opening up the mail. And um, I opened this letter up and someone had found a cockroach in their ice cream. Oh, my. And they'd stuck it oh. <laughs> to the letter. So there was this oh. dead cockroach sort of spread eagled on oh. the page under a piece Welcome of sellotape. Welcome to yeah. <laughs> Exactly. And I just remember thinking, oh, my God. <laughs> you know, and then obviously I had to write this letter so dear, so mad at, you know, I'm so sorry you found a cockroach in your ice cream. And I remember just thinking... Oh my god! When I dreamt of being a writer, yeah. <laughs> this is definitely not the kind of this writing. Is something like a metaphor for your life. Yeah, that you don't want to exactly, be living right now. Absolutely, but you know, sometimes a good thing about hitting a rock bottom is it can give you. Well, it's up to you. I think we have a choice, don't we? You can either let it really bring us down and give up, or you can use it as an incentive. And, yes. and I just thought I cannot spend the rest of my life in a job like this <laughs> um, being shouted at no. by yeah, irate customers and sent cockroaches in the mail so um, 
<laughs> so it was a good incentive to get off my butt and, and actually start pursuing the writing dream again. Yeah. But that's why, you know, I do my work as a coach as well. And I love working with people who, who do have fear when it comes to writing. And I think a lot of people do. Yes. You know, and, and, um, and so I love helping people overcome that and, and, you know, achieving their own writing goals, whatever they may Amazing. Because there is that thing, isn't there, with so many people say, well, I'm not a writer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And yeah. it's like, so, yeah. so where's that label? Where's that yeah. T-shirt that yeah, says yeah, you've yeah. got to be a writer uh, to be able absolutely. to write? Absolutely. I think, do you know what? I, th- I think a lot of it is actually the damage is done in school because... There's so much emphasis on getting grammar right and making sure the comma's in the right place and and being able to spell correctly. And and I think being a good writer for me is being a good storyteller. Yeah. And 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 being able to create from the heart, which I think everyone can do. And some people might need a little bit of help kind of overcoming their fear or, or insecurities or you know just a little bit of coaching to get to that point but it really annoys me I see so many clients come to me and they they just put themselves down even without realizing which just say oh I can't write you know and and um, and then I start talking to them I find out they've got all these amazing mm. stories amazing life stories and um, so I do quite a bit of work as a ghostwriter and I love doing that because I love helping people tell their stories yeah and so I do the tidying up and the kind of grammatical bits or whatever for them. But the story is theirs, you yes. know, and and, um, and that's really rewarding work, I think, because I think everyone is entitled to share their stories with the world. Yeah. And, and it annoys me that I think the education system and there's a certain snobbery as well that can go on that, that puts people off you know and, yeah and well it can be another thing can't it that stops us doing stuff like for mm. example you know learning to be grammatically correct on something is yes. a very specific job yes you know that's when yeah. you go into being an yeah, editor yeah. or exactly. you know, a copywriter exactly. or yeah. whatever that, that mm-hmm. you, like you say being able to share your story is about having a connection with you and yes. your unconscious mind and your yeah. creativity that yeah. just allow that to come out doesn't matter if there's an M dash or a comma or Absolutely. whatever, you know. Yeah. Just, I've just found out about M dashes recently, oh, okay. and now they're everywhere. Yeah. My favourite thing. And I could yeah. probably use them completely wrong, but I don't care. Yeah. I remember what someone was saying M dash, and I was like, "What the hell is an M dash?" Yeah. <laughs> and there's an N dash as well, or yes. something. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I mean, that's the thing. But you're absolutely right. It's a whole other skill set and and um that's why some people become editors yeah. because that's their passion you know that kind of thing of tidying everything up and and making it all neat and everything but but actually being a writer is much more much more about you know your ability to tell a good story yeah and and i think everyone's got good stories in them i really yeah. believe oh that. my goodness i mean you, you meet anybody at any time and we mm, communicate absolutely. through stories don't absolutely. we you yeah. know you meet somebody down the pub or at a festival at the weekend we're yeah. all sharing our stories about what we've been up to yeah. and yeah i was actually having a conversation with somebody about the stories in their life at the mm, weekend yeah. and it's like God, you really should write a book and yeah. like, well I've got nothing to say like you've just told yeah, me five yeah. amazing yeah, stories exactly and I think another interesting area that storytelling is really coming to the fore in is business and, and branding and marketing you're right you know, and and, yeah. the, and that's something I'm just moving into now because I really, I'm really excited by this. You know, the fact that actually storytelling can really help a business, and or an entrepreneur, or a service provider, or a coach. You know, and, and I think the old days of like that. Really, do you remember that really salesy marketing? Yeah. You know, um, are over. Thank God. And I think probably a lot to do with social media because you can't sell or market like that on social media because people just won't follow you if they're mm. just being bombarded by salesy content 
But if you can tell a good story, you know, if you can tell the backstory of your product or your service or your backstory and what made you become a coach, what made you become a painter or a musician or whatever. I mean, people love hearing stories, yeah, don't they? They do because it connects to heart. Yeah, it? exactly. And it you just know. yeah, it's a human connection yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's your why. It's your heart. You mm. know, when I I've got my story on my website and Have people you? read it yeah. and they're like oh you felt like that too right yeah i can see the journey that you've yeah. been on yeah you know and yeah. then it makes it much more easy for people to understand that they're with the right person absolutely it's so important isn't it i think yeah. with coaches and, and empathy, yeah. isn't it absolutely and and you're absolutely right because it's so important what you know when you're working with someone or hiring their services to kind of get a feel for what that person's like yeah. and so if that person is just you know because you know you see some about pages and it's just literally a list of I achieved this, 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 and this, you know, and and and, but there's no sort of human touches there, no. you know, and 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 sometimes I find that a bit off-putting because it can either be intimidating because you just think, oh wow, you know, this person's achieved so much, and yeah, you know, and I'm and I'm going to look like a right yeah. dick if I come to yeah, them and tell yeah. them all my problems, you know, and and um, but if this person is saying, yeah, I've achieved X, Y, and Z. But prior to that, I there went through mess. this. Exactly, mm -hmm. exactly. Then straight away you think, oh, wow, so maybe they could help yeah. me get to where they're at now. You know, so it just, I think it's brilliant. It's an exciting time. Uh, you know, it's every, I think the internet has brought so many changes to so many different industries. But I think for writing, it's really revolutionizing it in a good way you know yeah uh, absolutely so. i had um a new client came on board recently <laughs> she looked at my website she went i just love the fact that you swear yeah <laughs> went, yeah i knew i was yeah, with the right yeah, person well, yeah because we yeah. don't have to be stuffy about no, that do we? no we can, it's uh, yeah. about connecting with your personality and absolutely. your soul absolutely absolutely and then some people might not like swearing but that's fine because exactly. then they'll find someone that doesn't they're gonna know, work so. with me they're gonna get a lot yeah <laughs> same thing <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know, and I always think the first time I swear in front of a client or whatever, I'm you like, just go, oh, Ooh. no. <laughs> <laughs> and then they go, oh, thank God for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, the, the, yeah, the, immediately the, the atmosphere relaxes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's great. But that's another good thing, isn't it, about just being honest and authentic in your, your, your copy on your website or, you know, the stories you tell because it just really helps the potential customer or client to see who you are and, and what you're about. Well, and there's whether... a rapport there, isn't yeah, there? You yeah, yeah. And I, it, regardless of whether you're a coach or whatever you're doing mm. in business, yeah. people want to be able to get into something really quickly. Yes, and definitely. so if there's a rapport without even having spoken to that person, because yeah. you're like, oh, I get that person, It's there's an empathy between us, we share beliefs, mm -hmm. we share values. Mm. It just makes the work so much yeah. quicker and easier, yeah, yeah. doesn't it? totally, totally, yeah. So I want to talk about what you talked about at Inspiring sure. Talks Brighton, which was about making friends with failure. Yes. Um, because I, it's one of my favorite subjects, yeah. you know, but also it's really important because I would say 100% of my clients that come to me mm. and probably more that don't even get there yeah. are so held back by this fear of yeah. fucking up, fear mm -hmm. of making mistakes, yeah, yeah, yeah. fear of yeah. failure. I had a client yesterday who just finds it it's just stopped yeah. her yeah. living. Yeah, right. Okay. So, and it's, it's a really big thing. And I mm. find it more often than not now. And I, it, I, it might be down to, I don't really want to get into education and sure. what goes on. But can you give the background to why you did that talk and what making friends with failure means to you? Yeah, of course. So, uh, yeah, it's something I talk about a lot because like you, I, I, I 
I feel so passionately about how failure holds people back, and it really does. It can paralyze people. It can't is, it? yeah. And I think that so. So what happened for me was, I experienced well two massive fa- failures back to back. It's a bit like buses, aren't they? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. they're gonna come along. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well. none for ages. <laughs> yeah, then three come. But um, yeah, so what happened was, I this is years ago now, but I my marriage broke up, and so I was suddenly a single mum. And I'd had four books published at this point, so you know I thought I'd made it as a writer. Yeah. I thought you know I was so looking this back, is it kind of naive, you know. But um, but yeah, I just thought, right, that's it. You know, I've achieved that dream finally. And um, and then my marriage broke up, and and yeah, and suddenly I'm a single mum, and um, and then literally I think about two or three months after that happened, I got dropped by my publisher, and. Uh, because of disappointing sales of, of um, my fourth book. And I can remember coming home from the meeting where I was essentially dropped by them. And you said um, it's like it's not one of those relationships oh, where it's not oh, you, it's me. Oh, no, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I know that's kind of bullshit anyway when someone yeah, says, it's not yeah. you, it's me. You know, it, you know, you know that's kind of crap, but at least you can pretend. Yes. And, you know. But yeah, when you get dropped by your publisher... It's like being dumped, but they're saying it's not me; it's all you yeah, it's and all your, your fault, poor and sales and your shit writing. And, yeah. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I, got, I came home and I remember like walking in the door, thinking, "Oh no, what you know? What am I going to do?" Because all of a single mum, so suddenly yeah. you know I'm like the chief sort of like provider and everything, and I've lost my sole source of income in one go. And um, yeah, so I walked through the door, and then my first thought was, I was obviously in shock, but it was like bake a cake <laughs> so, so I started making this chocolate cake and uh, and then I put it in the oven and then it just hit me and I remember sort of literally sinking to the floor oh, kind of like you know in Eat Pray Love where Liz yeah. Gilbert's on the bathroom floor yeah. you know one of those moments I was like on the kitchen floor sobbing and sobbing uh, to the extent where I totally forgot about the cake and then started smelling as this burning oh. smell. Thinking, what's that? And like, oh no! And then you know, you know, when you're just on a real downer and yeah. everything goes wrong, and then it's like, I can't even bake a cake. I'm <laughs> <Bless laughs> a complete failure. I can picture yeah. it now. And I think so. The thing, the reason, one of the reasons it hit me so hard was I had really tied my identity into being a published author. And I see that now, you know, because I think prior to that, I was a university dropout that had become my identity. And that, you know, so I was a sort of a bit of a failure in that regard. So the minute I got my first book deal, I was like, yes, I'm not a dropout anymore. I'm a published author. I'm somebody, you know, and and, and so I tied all my self-esteem into that. So then, of course, when I lost that, it was mm. like my source of self-esteem had gone as well. But so while it was terrible at the time, it actually, looking back, was the best thing I think that could ever have happened to me because it taught me such an important lesson that you are not your career you are yeah. not your achievements and yeah. and the minute you start making your achievements you or your your identity you're on really dodgy ground really unsafe ground because mm. obviously if that goes then it feels like everything's gone so it was really a process for me then of, of going right back 
you know to the beginning in a sense and 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 so the first thing I did was thinking you know sort of like oh, and, and another good thing of, of being a, a single parent is you don't have the luxury to kind of wallow in self-pity for very long no, you know you so you've got to pay the bills so yeah <laughs> so um so you know after I'd had a good cry and felt depressed for a couple of weeks or whatever it was like right okay how can I earn a living and I thought well I've had four books published that must count for something I've got that experience what's kind of writing related that I could do? So I started editing, so I became a freelance editor. I started doing one-to-one writing coaching and I contacted my local council. I was living in London at the time. I contacted them saying, do you have any use for an author or whatever? And, and as luck would have it, um, the arts development officer there said, well, actually, I'd really like um, a weekly writing group uh, for adults. Would you like to run it? So wow. uh, yeah, so that was, and you know what? I mean, it's so funny looking back because I said yes. If I'm honest, I only said yes because I desperately needed the money. Yeah. Because the thought of teaching other writers terrified me. Yeah. Because you know I was thinking, but I'm a failure. Yeah. I've dropped and you know that that negative voice. And I remember going the first time I went, and thankfully, well, only two people turned up uh, to the very first workshop. And I just thinking, oh God, this is going to be a disaster. And, and, you know, but it was great because it was so small initially, it gave me a sort of safe space to sort of learn my craft as a teacher, really, as a writing teacher. And it turned out that actually I loved it. And, and the group just started growing and growing and growing until it went from two until there was like this massive circle of people, you know, and, 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 um, and everyone became friends and then there were all these different projects came off the back of it and it just created it was this oh, like amazing creative hub yeah my house became this oh. sort of hub and I'd have these parties and all these people like writers would come and did you make chocolate oh. cake <laughs> yeah I did and I didn't burn it <laughs> <laughs> so so I learned so much because you know like I mean that because I've gone on I still to this day now I run a, a, a a fortnightly writing group in, in Lewis and it's something I love to do and, and um, yeah I was terrified of it um, so that's something that directly came out of the, the failure that um, that would never have happened if I just carried on if I hadn't yeah. been dropped by the publisher and and I've taught now thousands of people all around the world in writing workshops and in my talks and and I, it just blows my mind when I think back to to where it all came from so so then and then off the back of that I I did some started doing some workshops in high schools teaching kids writing and um and they would say oh miss miss what books have you written that we can read and then I remember thinking mm, you know my, <laughs> my novels have been for adults and like not really appropriate for you um so that made me think oh maybe I should write a novel for teenagers and that made me think back to my own childhood and how much books had helped me and especially books about teens going through things like parental divorce and, and things that I was going through. I got so much comfort from reading a novel on you know, a subject I could relate to. But because in my mind I thought, well, I'm now a failure in the book world so I'll never get another book deal again, um, that just wasn't on the table as far as I was concerned. So. But self-publishing had just sort of started being a real thing. And again, because of the internet and revolutionising it, making it easier to do print on demand. So you could self-publish a book without having to really pay anything yeah. at all. Um, so I thought, well, why don't I self-publish it? Why don't I write a novel for teens about various issues that they, they face? Self-publish it, then I can give away the ebook for free because I was coming at it from such a different angle because mm. the book deal option wasn't an option as far as I was concerned. So it's like, okay, well, if I'm writing to help people, 
then if I can give away the ebook for free, then hopefully it will help as many young people because, you know, obviously they'll be able to download it and, you know, it'll be easy for them to access. So that's what I did. I wrote, wrote this book. It was the best creative experience of my life because I was free from the pressure of having yes. to please a publisher or yeah. thinking, what do the publisher want? And, you know, and having to be sort of, you know, more right business-minded. Yeah. where your craft allows you yeah, to yeah, go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I just wrote without any kind of limits. It was so freeing. And, and to this day, it remains the most enjoyable book of it, in really? terms of writing it yeah um and then yeah and then I self-published it and um so I had a physical copy that people could buy but gave away the ebook for free and then I started sending copies of the physical book to book bloggers and reviewers and I thinking they probably wouldn't review it because it was self-published because it's quite a lot of snobbery about self-published books there can be but the great thing about teens is they don't really care about that stuff you know they just want to read a book so um so they started reviewing it and giving it really good positive reviews which is a massive shot in the arm for my confidence and then I was invited to speak on a panel at London Book Fair as the sort of token self-published author with um, it was like what is the future of publishing and and um, so that created a bit of a, a buzz as well because the other people on the panel were very well-known authors and I was there speaking up for, yeah. <laughs> for the self-publishers and I love the fact that you've got rebel writer on oh on my bank oh, yeah yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah that really sums it up um, so that panel was really interesting because I got a lot of hostility from the other panel members really yeah who are you know I was really shocked because they're really well-known names you know and and um so you know have nothing to worry about in yeah. terms of their career and I'm like why it felt like they were threatened by self-publishing which seemed really nuts to me um but it really kicked off to the point where one audience member just stood up and said was horrified by the, the snobbery and, mm. and just said I didn't pay 50 pounds to listen to this it's outrageous and um, wow and then people were giving giving me like applause you know I was like wow this has all gone very differently to how I imagined um but it was great because again I felt like actually yeah why shouldn't we self-publish and, yes and you know and it really drives me nuts the snobbery that can exist in in the book world and it goes back to what you're saying earlier about everyone having a story in them and everyone being entitled to yeah. to share that story, you know. And, and um, so yeah, so that really boosted my confidence as well. And then one day I was at work because I was working as an editorial consultant for a publishing company, and um, there was this internal, you know, sort of trade magazine for the publishing world, and there was an uh, an article in it just asking publishers to submit books for this book award. And so I just thought, why don't I send my book? to that and then straight away that little negative voice saying no 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 it's self-published they won't accept it and um and but I just thought what have you got to lose you're just yeah. posting a book to them it's no big deal so I did that and then to my surprise I got an email back saying yeah it's been accepted into the competition or the award didn't think I'd hear anything more and then a couple of months later email saying I'd been longlisted which meant it was in the final 10 and all the other authors were like really big names I was like what the hell and I remember because I found out when I was at work and we were going to the work toilet and doing a little celebratory jig because that to me was as good as, as winning um, and then yeah a few months later got an email saying it's shortlisted so now it's in the final five so back to the toilet I go <laughs> for my little jig and um and then, yeah, so then I was invited to this swanky awards ceremony at a theatre in London. All the other finalists were, you know, these well-known authors. Didn't think for a moment I'd, I'd sort of won. And, um, and then to the point where at the end the, the host said, um, I think all the authors have done really well. 
and they all deserve a round of applause uh, and they all need to come up here or whatever and then she said something which I didn't quite catch and then I heard my name so I thought oh right I've come fifth because I'm going up first building up to the winner sort of thing and so I go like, rocking up to the stage all casually and, and she gives me this bouquet of flowers and then this box of chocolates and, and then, you had no idea. I had no clue I was like oh this is nice for coming fifth and then um then this massive gold envelope, which it turned out had the winner's check in, <laughs> and then this um, box with this beautiful glass award, and then that that was when I thought, oh, because I saw my name on it, I was like, oh, and I, I said, have I won? And everyone started, like, the audience <laughs> cracked up, and then, <laughs> and then I burst into tears, which is quite embarrassing, but, but I think just because, you know, in that moment, it's like, God, you know, like I'd come from from that moment on the kitchen floor yeah. to standing on this stage in London I feel really emotional like, honestly yeah I feel emotional it. now reliving it actually because it was just like it was like wow you know I, I couldn't believe it and and so I learned so much from that whole experience and so that's now when I when I give my talks on making friends with failure I share this story because then when I look back on that, so then so the final little detail to that story is then the next day, because it was like a big story because it's self-published book wins yes. National Book Award. And um, uh, so the next day, suddenly, like my email inbox is filling up with emails from agents. Um, you know, do you have representation? Blah, blah, blah. And um, I was like, well, this is weird, you know, <laughs> how things have changed. And... Um, so I signed up with an agent um, that I really just hit it off with immediately and um, it was really nice because she just she sent me this email saying she'd worked for many years in the publishing business as a, a scout for publishers but she re it was her dream to become an agent and she said I know this is really cheeky of me and I'm sure you've had other people approach you um, but I would love you to be my very first client and I thought yes that's the one I'm going for because then that's going to help her achieve her dream as well and um, and so that's what happened and so she took the book on and eight different publishers bid it went for, to auction so I had like um, Bloomsbury like a Harry Potter publisher bidding for it and I was like what the hell's going on yeah. Um, so yeah and then yeah that was in 2010 and since then yeah I've had I uh, just haven't looked back um, and had books published all, all around the world but going from that moment on the kitchen floor thinking I'm never going to be published mm. again and so it, it is it's such an important lesson and I, I really hope it inspires people whatever their dream might be to kind of to not give up and and I have I mean one thing I share in the in the talk which I have I because then when I thought about it, I thought, right, what happened then? How did I get from the mm. kitchen floor to London stage with an, a book award? And I, I realised there was a process I went through that anyone can apply to any sort yes. of failure to turn things around. And and um, and handily, every stage of the process begins with M's. So it's like the four M's <laughs> to overcoming failure. So the first M is to mourn it mm. so you have to have that moment on the floor burning the cake yes. getting drunk whatever you know because when something bad happens when you fail at something it's really hard and if you if you try and pretend it's not or if you try and pretend you don't care and tough it out actually you're just pushing those feelings yeah, down and it's going to scratch at you Absolutely. in the middle of the night and first thing when you Absolutely. wake up in the morning it's going to be like I'm still here yeah 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 and it will cause that paralysis yeah. that you were talking about in your client you know because I think if you don't grieve it properly then you just stay stuck 
yeah so so I think yeah absolutely have a good cry feel really sad feel really sorry for yourself because it is shit when it happens you know yeah. and, and you have to acknowledge that but then you have to know when to stop that phase and and stop it tipping into self-pity yeah and then just becoming a victim and I think we've all probably met those people that that kind of just have almost become their victim story yeah. you know and and they start telling you about this awful thing that happened and 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 it's like it, it happened yesterday and then you discover actually it happened 10 years ago and they just yes. haven't got out of that mindset well it's interesting isn't it because when you're talking about it what's coming into my mind is like what story do you want to tell exactly you know what yeah. do you want your story to exactly. be exactly actually that's what my next novel's all about it's just about seeing your life as a story yeah. and and yeah because i really believe that and i think this can be really helpful really helpful trick actually to to look at your life as a story and think right if i was the author of this story yeah. and i was the heroine of or hero of this story what would i make them do next you know and, and uh it'll be yeah I'd, I'd make them get off the freaking floor stop crying yeah. and 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 turn things around so how do you do that so because uh, it's easy to say isn't it so but then when I looked at what I did I thought yeah the next thing I did was I sort of meditated on the failure and by that I mean I I thought about it I and I thought what are the lessons mm. and and I I thought you know because uh, at first that that voice was saying you'll never be a writer again and then the more I thought about it the more I thought well actually it doesn't stop me doing writing related jobs yeah. so that's what I started to do so started to kind of you know sort of think of what else could I do then but that's still writing related and 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 then you know just all the kind of lessons I learned about you know not tying in your identity with with your profession or your achievements so that was brilliant, you know, because to this day, okay, I've had all these books published since, but I just don't ever, book sales don't interest me, fame doesn't interest me, I, I, I'm not in this game to be, you know, a so-called success in, in a numbers way, you know, I think now for me it's all about writing about the things that I think really matter and writing things that will hopefully help people, and it's so freeing to kind of not, not, not be numbers orientated you know, I have to sell a certain number of copies or I have to have so many followers on Twitter or whatever so 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 that was a massive lesson that I learned in that kind of period of sort of meditating on, on the failure I think that was probably the best most powerful lesson mm. um, and on, how long would you say both periods were so the first one of mourning because you said about not mm, letting it tip into yeah, self-pity yeah did you give yourself a specific time um or was I, it quite a natural thing? I think for me, because I was a single mum and I was like, oh shit, I need to pay the yeah. bills. It wasn't so much that I thought, right, I'm going to allow myself a month to just be really miserable. and then I'm gonna pay. It was actually more that I, I felt really miserable for a week or two and then the, the fear of being made homeless yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and then it was like, okay, right, I need to get practical. So, so it, you know, but I think if you don't have that incentive, you know, if you've had a failure... But you, you're not, a, you know, you're not worried about imminent homelessness or anything like that. Um, then I think it's a great idea to give yourself a time An limit. Time yeah, period. absolutely. Yeah. You know, and, and I'm just trying to think off the top of my head what would be. I'm sure if you looked online, there's probably like a, you know, advice on what what is a healthy time period. Off the top of my head, I I think no more than a month mm. of just absolute wallowing. You know, I think it's after... quite good, isn't it? Because if you're giving yourself that boundary and you're mm. saying, right, this is a month, yeah. Right, go for it. Yeah, we're gonna go. Yeah, for it. exactly. Let's get all this snot. <laughs> yeah. Let, we're gonna like yeah. pour it out. Yeah. Let's just 
find everything that we're really yeah, shit about exactly and go for it. yeah and yeah. then stop yes yeah absolutely and then and i think that's great because then then you avoid the fear of sort of all the pressure of thinking oh i need to pull myself together and then yes. then you get into that horrible like sort of a pendulum thing of crying then having guilt for crying yeah. and then trying to pretend that you're happy and so you swing back and forth back and forth and and i think if you just allow yourself a month of just feeling like crap and, and even saying to people around you mm, look i this is yeah, the process yeah, i'm going through yeah. don't try and make yeah. me feel better yeah this mm. is just something i've got to yeah, do absolutely and there's a very powerful uh meditation practice that that i do and i advise to, you know i recommend to people to do for negative emotions which is just if you sit with it rather than fight it yeah. so if you're feeling really sad just sit in stillness focus on your breathing and just think to yourself i am sad instead of some kind of positive affirmation yeah you know i am joyful sometimes i i do agree you know affirmations can be really powerful but sometimes i think actually they're not helpful because they're they're almost an avoidance well there's, you know. there's a disconnect with yeah, how you're really exactly feeling. exactly and then it, it's yeah it's not helping no you. and actually it can make you feel worse because if you're sitting there saying i am joyful yeah, you know, but yeah. Actually you feel, and then every part yeah. of your body is going yeah no, you're not, no you're not <laughs> yeah you're just lying yeah so actually if you sit there and you just say i'm sad and it's okay it's okay and whenever i remember to do that cause sometimes when you're feeling really crap it's hard to remember mm. to do that but but um whenever i remember to do that it's been so freeing like literally within seconds or minutes you feel it lift it's a release yeah there? it is it's just saying it's okay you know i think that's the thing negative emotions so-called negative emotions get a bad press but but actually i think sometimes sorrow anger frustration are healthy you well, know well i was just saying there's no such thing as good or bad there just is exactly you know yeah, yeah, it's yeah. just an emotion absolutely so i think yeah no just give yourself that that time to mourn then yeah and then when when you know when the time is up then i think by then meditating on the failure meditating on the lessons that's the fir- a really good first positive step because yeah. it's like you're saying to yourself, okay, well, how can I start to turn this around? What have I learned? There will always, always be a lesson always. in it. Always. Um, and so so that is a very helpful thing to do to do next, you know, to sort of, you know, um, uh, you know, to help you start to pivot away from, from, the, from the sorrow. And then the next, the next M is, is to get motivated so once you've learned the lessons once you've written them all down and properly absorbed them then it's time to get motivated again and i think a good way so how i did that was i was like right i'm gonna write another book for young ad- this time for young adults and the way i got motivated was i got back to the i focused on the why yeah why am i doing it and i made that why about helping other people yeah. and i think that also can be so freeing and liberating because it's no longer about keeping a publisher happy it's no longer about achieving it's about certain being figures a service, absolutely isn't it? and mm. that is such a great way of getting out of any sorrowfulness or self-pity or whatever if you start thinking right well how can i help people instantly yeah. you're switching out of that that mindset and then it becomes really motivating again because it's like oh wow i could help them in the, you know i could write about this or do whatever whatever it doesn't have to be writing of course but whatever your work is you know if you make the focus how can you be of service 
then suddenly it's not about you anymore it's yeah. all about them and and that's so freeing and and then it becomes fun like i said writing that book was the most fun i've ever had creatively even though the subject matter was you know pretty serious um it was just such a great experience because because i was writing from the heart i was writing to help other people and and so i felt so so motivated again um i just had different reasons behind and I think much healthier reasons. And do you think because you'd done the morning and the meditation as the first two steps, that yeah. when you were doing the writing, that inner critic wasn't necessary? Yeah. I mean, it's always mm-hmm. there, isn't mm-hmm. it? But yeah. it wasn't there as much kind of no, going, no. Oh, what do you think you're well, doing? Well, that's the thing, because I'd shifted, you see, I, I'd shifted the goal, if, if yeah. you like, because the goal was no longer about getting a book deal. So, so much of the fear voice before right. had been oh, you're a failure, you're not selling enough books, you've been dropped by your publisher. Well, none of that applied anymore. No, it, it wasn't was relevant. Free. Yeah, because oh I was going to give this book away for free, So, and I was publishing it myself. So that voice was just just completely went because it was completely irrelevant. Right, okay. So I think that's an important thing in the motivation section, if you like, or the motivation step, is to to make sure that the, the why is 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 the the one that's free from fear i mean you're never like you said you'll never be fully free from fear but but if you change the why and you make it about being of service or you make it about having fun or you make it about just being purely creative and imaginative and doing something because you love doing it yeah yeah then i think it it just it, it that voice has nothing to kind of cling on to about (laughs) yeah because that's the thing i suppose if you know if you put all of your um kind of focus on the things which could be taken away yes then of course there's a lack mentality that goes with it and the fear that goes with that yeah yeah exactly so so um but if you're if you're thinking about i'm sounding a bit like a broken record but i really passionately believe this you know and it was such a light bulb moment for me shifting everything to being of service yeah then actually it's like when I give a talk I used to be so nervous about public speaking like so so nervous I think because the first talks I gave were to teenagers in a school assembly and that's hard oh my god I've done that myself yeah, and yeah. it's my no oh, tougher audience I know I know right it's just because they yeah, tell that, you if they're bored oh and they my think god you're they really do don't oh. they yeah <laughs> so it's a baptism of fire yeah. but but actually if you could I mean it's quite good because then then when you get a crowd of adults you're like yeah wow well, there's a lot of really so um but yeah yeah, I remember a turning point for me with my public speaking was I was waiting backstage for a big talk I was really nervous and then I just thought stop making it about you this yeah. thought came into my head stop making it about you and I was like oh well, that's interesting and um and then I thought okay well if it's not if I don't make it about me what does that mean you know and I thought of course it's about the audience mm. and then I thought about what I was talking about and what I did was I, I just pictured one person yes in that sea of people and I just thought if I can just say something that changes things for the better for one person then I'll have been of service Should I say exactly Do you? the same it's so thing. freeing isn't it I would it? say if there's one person needs to hear mm. one thing yeah yeah. then that's the job yeah, yeah. done absolutely and it must be the yeah. same as writing yeah no completely the same as writing you know because again you can go into that fear thing even if you're you know sort of making it about being of service you know there can be that thing of yeah but you know what if it doesn't help people yeah Yeah. um and and now you know because obviously i've got this novel coming out in a couple of weeks and i'm really nervous because you always get nervous in the in the run-up and you think what if people don't like it and what if it doesn't help anyone you know and and um 
but yeah I think if it just helps one person and and it's so lovely because you get emails from readers I've had emails from all over the world and so while I don't sell anywhere near as many books as someone like say JK Rowling so in that sense I'm not a success in in quotes I have got a folder full of emails Mm. from people from all over the world saying to me that you know my books have helped them in some way or another and so that to me that's now my definition of success you know and so so I think again it's just so freeing and it applies to anyone in whatever field they work in that you don't make it about numbers you know make, make it about service and 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 it's just so freeing in so many different ways and then the final m is is moving on you know so once once you've kind of got yourself re-motivated and and you've pivoted away and and you know and sort of from the failure then it's just about being practical it's like okay what's my new goal given all i've learned from that that's so-called i mean i always say so-called failure because really is it a failure? I mean, well, I don't believe that it's no. even a word. I don't. No, you know, it's something I, I, we've no. constructed. It isn't is, it? isn't it, to make ourselves feel bad? Yeah. So it's like we need to start a campaign yeah. to rebrand failure. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I I've sort of rebranded it as a stepping stone, you know, because yeah. I think um, when I look back, and hindsight can be such a useful thing, I think with failure. But you know, when I look back and I think, wow, that was such an important stepping stone from from switching my career around and and all the things I've achieved and experienced since that so-called failure you know and on that day on the kitchen floor um it just feels like a vital stepping stone and and you know and and the way it's helped me you know with my my teaching you know teaching other writers something I never would have come across yeah my public speaking you know all these things all these things you've been able to do yeah so I mean I really hope anyone listening to this you know, if it, whatever kind of failure you've experienced in your life, I hope just sort of it's made you think maybe um, about just reframing it. Yeah. And, and um, don't let it hold you back. Don't let it. And it's really, you know, I admit it's really hard. But um, but I think at the end of the day, going back to what you said about being the author of our own life stories, if you were creating a story or a movie about yourself, would you have yourself just sat in front of Netflix numbing out night after night? Because you're too scared of doing something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, who'd watch that story or read that story? It's an interesting point, right? Because we... When we get to failure, mm. great tools there in terms of being able to do something about mm. it. And it's all this... It's exactly the same thing. We do something, we get up and we get yeah. on. But there's the fear of failing. Yes. So what would you say about yeah. that? Because that, you know, I it's almost like it, that's become its own mm-hmm. thing yeah and now it's like oh I have this it's like people it's like saying I have this fear of failure yeah. and that being a label yeah. that they've got yeah yeah so it's even before they try yeah. something yeah <clears throat> yeah no that's a really good point actually and I think that affects a lot of people it doesn't really it? does I would say well one thing that's really inspired me is reading the autobiographies of successful people because every single person has you know who's achieved great success has been through really painful mm. times before that and failures before that and so it's it's about seeing instead of see now i i admire people who failed at something because it means they've tried at something yes. so i actually see people who failed at something as adventurous and strong and brave oh i love that it's true again rebranding yeah absolutely so it's like you you know because what really frustrates the hell out of me are these snipey people who who knock people down all the time you know and who get 
seem to get joy out of other people's failure because because I think they're trapped in that fear of failure mm. so they have I mean I've, I've known people like this who who haven't pursued their dream because of a fear of failure but what's happened is and that's fine if you then just get on with your life you know it's absolutely fine but I think it's it becomes really destructive if if you then sit there and you want to knock other people down yeah. because you're resentful because you haven't achieved what you wanted to achieve so so when you see someone else doing it your instinct is to knock them down or you know I, oh gosh you know the amount of times I've I've had it where I remember one time when I got my first book deal and someone saying to me which I admit is a, a, a brilliant piece of passive aggressive uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, dialogue but um I remember it's all them, content yeah yeah exactly but I remember them saying because they said I remember saying oh it was at a dinner party thing or you know with my husband at the time and this guy saying to me, oh, what, what do you do? And I said, oh, I'm, I'm a writer, you know, and I was still having that thrill because I'd literally just got my book deal and I couldn't quite believe, you know. And I remember he looked visibly shocked and then he said, oh, really? Uh, and who are you published by? And I said, Hodder and Stout. And then he said, he said, but they're a big publisher. And I was like... Wow, okay, so someone's clearly got a bit of an issue. I've got my jaw open. (laughs) I know. Never has the word but been so loaded, you know, and and um, and and I was wow, what what is that with you? Even like had any content contact with you before he not just really decided I mean, by no, looking at you yeah like, I think why he just thought yeah because you know I was mum of a uh, you know I was a, a, just, my son was very young at that point and I think he saw me as I was there as you know in the context of being like my husband's wife because it was something to do with my husband's work or something you know so I think I was I guess he'd just see me as you know wifey <laughs> yeah and um but I mean why would you have an issue with someone's success like the, the, unless there's some kind of bitterness or, or, or something yeah. there. So I think the thing is that, you know, I, I think going back to your question, I think anyone listening to this who, who is feeling a bit paralysed, you know, of even trying something because they're so afraid of failing, I would just say rebrand it and don't don't think about that. Just think of yourself as being this adventurer and being courageous, thinking, do you know what? I'm going to give it my best shot. And if it doesn't happen, yes, that will be sad. But here's some amazing uh, tools. Yeah, here's some amazing tools, and at least I'll have tried. You yeah. know, because I think there must be nothing worse. And I think that's why these people do tend to get bitter as they get older. You know, the the, the people that don't ever try anything. Um, uh, you know, because there must be nothing worse than kind of getting to a certain age and looking back on your life and thinking, mm. oh, if only. You know, if only I'd had the courage to to do what I really wanted to do. So let's write that out of the bloody story Absolutely. because it has no place. Unless you yeah. want to have a character who's miserable yeah. well, and yeah. resentful. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. But if yeah. you don't want that to be yeah. you, then yeah, don't yeah. write it in. Exactly. <laughs> and, what, you know, at the end of the day, isn't it far better to be the, the heroine or hero of your story yeah. that, 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 what's that... Oh, God, I'm getting that Chumba Wumba song in my head. But, you know, I get not <laughs> I bad. Get that, yeah. <laughs> and I get Yeah, that. exactly. That will be in yeah. my head. <laughs> I know, sorry. Such a year now. Yeah. I've only just got over three lions oh, getting God, out of yeah, there. Oh, God, yes. Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> but it's true, isn't it? I'd rather be that person who gets knocked down but gets back up again. So we'd rather be Chumba Wumba. We you would heard rather be Chumba I'm trying to think of a song that's about, you know, I don't think anyone, this is this proves my point. I don't think, I could be wrong, but um, I don't think anyone's ever written a song about 
taking pride in being miserable and bitter. Yeah, um, no, you're like, absolutely <laughs> right. You're absolutely right. Maybe Leonard Cohen's. Yeah. Online. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. But listen, I could talk to you all day about this, but we're, um, we're get running short of time. I just yeah. want to talk about the books because you've got a couple of books yeah. coming up. So you've got your novel, which is Don't Stop Thinking About Tomorrow, which yeah. is out yes. in a couple of weeks. In 2nd of August. 2nd of yeah. August. Yeah. Amazing. So, so that's actually about what we've been talking about, about this notion of... Um, seeing your life as a story and and becoming the author of that story and Amazing. making it a happy and positive story brilliant and cool. then the, the other book which i think it would be good for us to do another podcast yeah on close oh, to the time, to, yeah. but something more a spiritual misfit search for meaning yes i'm yeah. so excited about this book. thank you yeah no i am too it's, it's a result of um six years work so i'm very excited about it because uh so just quickly in a nutshell it's just for the growing number of people in society who would class themselves as spiritual but not religious and I spent six years really it started as a kind of search for happiness to be honest and and then it took me down a spiritual route and as someone who'd been an atheist my whole life I was really sort of pleasantly surprised to find all these real nuggets of wisdom and and really useful tools you know for for, for how to live a happy and peaceful life in in amongst spiritual teachings but without kind of a religious the dogma and yeah. the judgment that can come alongside religion. So I'm very excited about it because I want to really build a whole, uh, you know, a podcast and, and talks and workshops around this book. So um, I'm very excited about sharing Me that too. People. I cannot wait thank to you. read that. So yeah, let's do another yeah, podcast. Yeah, I'd love to. Thank time. you very much. But for now, thank you so oh, much thank for all you. your wisdom oh, no, and all you of so your much. failures. Yeah. <laughs> May we yeah. revel in them as absolutely, adventurers forever. Absolutely. Chumbawamba. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, what a goodie that was. I hope you enjoyed this week's show with myself and my special guest, Siobhan Curram. If you did enjoy it, please, please, please do head over to the iTunes page if that's what you're listening through and give us a rate and review and because it always helps and it helps other people to find out more about the Practical Magic podcasts. So this time next week, I will be back. Thank you for listening. If you want to find out more about my work and what I do, then you just head to www.katetaylor.co. You can find out all the information, including the event that I've got coming up 21st to 24th of September, which is the Practical Magic Weekend. If you've been listening to the podcast each week, you'll hear me banging on about this. I'm going to carry on until we get to that very special weekend. It is going to be a blissful weekend weekend of soul nourishing goodies meditation movement great food a beautiful location on the isle of white yoga nidra sound base. i mean really i just want to be there now so do head over to the website you can find out more on the speaking and events page and don't forget to order your practical magic cards now they are available on www.practicalmagicliving so until next week gorgeous magic makers i will see you soon